see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. Sustainability and the supply chain, the supply chain and sustainability. Over the past three years, not a month has gone by where we don't touch on one or both of these issues on one of our podcasts. Please, something new I can hear you thinking. But alas, faithful listeners, trust me, it's Sean. This is a new angle. Matthew Wright from SpecRite is here to explain that the devil is in the data, and with proper data tools and management, companies can anticipate supply chain issues and thus increase sustainability by eliminating any previously undiscoverable hiccups in the supply chain. Well worth your time and a listen. So with all the fancy introductions out of the way, welcome to the podcast, Matthew. Thanks, Sean. Great to be here. Uh, the pleasure is all ours. Topics that are that we hear the most right now, uh, particularly in our industry, packaging and processing and across manufacturing in general. One is sustainability and the other is the supply chain. And you're kind of going to touch on both a little bit, but you're mainly, you know, here to kind of to give us sort of a, I guess, a unique way of looking at the supply chain issue and kind of how to solve it. So I guess sort of following the events of the last few years, you know, obviously we need a resilient supply chain. You know, that's something that that we need to build up as we could see by the empty shelves and, the, you know, lack of semiconductors and things like that, that that was a problem. So I guess beyond reshoring and bringing all that stuff back to America, which, you know, can't happen overnight, what needs to happen to kind of bring that resilience? Yeah, no, great point, Sean. And, and I think we've never seen times like we've seen the last couple of years. I, I always joke that I, I think we all thought the supply chain was complex prior to the events of the last couple of years, but we've just seen how complex it is. To me, it's it's a simple problem. Uh, it's, it's a challenging one to solve, but it's a simple problem. It's a data problem. And it's, a, it's a standardized data issue uh, that we have and connectivity of this data and companies together that I really think is really the underlying pin to the problems that we're, we're seeing in the supply chain. I guess to, to kind of expand on that thought, when you're saying data, talk to me like I, you know, I'm listening to this and, I'll, and all I'm thinking of supply chain is I'm trying to get product from a foreign country to my plant. Like when you speak of data and, and matching all that up, what is that and how important is that to kind of making the supply chain more resilient? Yeah, you know, I think most companies would agree they're working on kind of siloed or individual pieces of the data that may be applicable, maybe for the opportunity at hand or the thing they're trying to solve at the moment. And what we saw really during the supply chain crunch and, and primarily driven you know, by COVID and other things is that it was hard to move supply around. You, you talked about onshoring and even one of the challenges of bringing on, uh, product back to the U.S., or, or into North America, is that the data necessary to do that simply just doesn't exist in really a fluid method or some method that somebody could do something with. And examples, 
uh, a lot of the data for product today be made is still held on PDFs, held in Excel, held in uh, legacy systems, uh, really not meant for a common language or sharing. And, and I use a real simple example. If you put 10 people in a conference room and told them to solve a problem and everybody used a different language, you know, you probably wouldn't get anything done. So much like making product and more importantly, kind of by enabling product to move through the supply chain, change locations, understand uh, the resilience and really create that resilience. You have to first step back and put all the data in the same languaging so that when you decide to move it from somewhere in the world to maybe onshoring, you know exactly what you're moving. You know if it matches the machinery you have, you know it matches the transportation and logistics systems you have. And that having that visibility before you take action is really not separate from reliability of the supply chain. It's one and the same. And so that logic really starts to drive behavior. And that's just on the front side. And over time, as you start doing that thing, most other applications we understand from data technology, it starts to learn and, and start to be preemptive and start telling you, hey, there's a conflict in this part of the world that you may want to think about because you get these five parts of your product or you do this distribution system there. Uh, you may want to pause and think about what you need to do and then ultimately offer up solutions and ideas. So I'll pause there, Shaw. I got another you know, kind of analogy to that, but does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I guess uh, the thought that's going through my head is while all that sounds great and, and I'm not dismissing it by any stretch, with, with everyone still kind of battling through the issues right now, how do they incorporate that without falling further behind? And the reality is, and, and it sounds like a, a, a quick answer, but you have to. I mean, uh, I don't think that we're going to go back to a less disruptive time, whether that's pandemics or global issues or supply shortages. You know, fortunately, it sounds negative, but I think we have to just expect the world to look like it does today. And so you have to. You have to kind of get in and get it done at the same time as you're saying you're operating the business. And fortunately today, you know, ourselves and others are offering resources to do that. And you really have to. Uh, agree that you have to get there. And, and whether you start today or, or you start a month from now, you still have to get there. So the sooner you start organizing your data, putting it in a common language, allowing that data to be shared and provisioned uh, is only going to help you uh, as the issues come ahead in front of us. Um, so you have to get there. Uh, and I look at it a lot like the transition to consumer technology, which I, I'm always baffled why industrial technology is dramatically different than consumer technology. And it really shouldn't be. And we make these rapid changes with technology in our personal life. Uh, and I think we just have to start to become and exercise that muscle to do that in our industrial business life and start to expect it has to be both. Oh, yeah. And that's interesting that you say it like that, because we've always, particularly in our industry, there was always resistance to um, kind of remote monitoring, even though it would be, be helpful for for training purposes and for maintenance because they didn't want to let people into their onto their servers and be connected into their plants but at the same time you know the rest of the world is and everybody else is perfectly fine having all their banking done online and all things like right. that yeah so it was always a like you said like from a consumer perspective everyone seems fine with it but when when business gets involved it's a little bit more difficult in fairness too the technology is caught up with provisioning you know obviously when you hope when you share your banking information online and other people aren't getting that don't need it. So it's the same thing with, with technology today. Exactly. I just think it's been mm -hmm. slow to adapt for the industrials. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's not a, necessarily like a, a, 
uh, saying one side is wrong or the other. It's just kind of like you said, we're, we're willing to, from a consumer perspective, but sometimes a little bit hesitant from a big business standpoint. So I guess when we're talking about kind of balancing resiliency with the supply chain, how much of that is going to be a trade-off in terms of I can get things cheaper from here, I can get things uh, more efficiently from here? Like what, what's the trade-off there from having it be more resilient, but maybe not cost-effective is always the easiest one to throw out, but I'm sure there's other reasons that people want to, you know, use more efficient supply chains. Yeah, and I think the the cost of the ROI, the cost of disruption today you know, I think companies would absolutely agree today the amount of uh, costs that they threw at trying to band-aid a, you know, supply logistics chain that was looking for cheapest product first. It's not just that singular, you know, let's look at this box versus that or this product versus that. It's how difficult, how complex, how likely is that to break and is that worth the risk? And so we saw, you know, just very critical items early uh, through the pandemic, as you as you recall, really hard to get. And obviously it, it increased the price of those products for the consumer and the companies. And I do believe there's there's a view now of a total cost, it's an old term, but total cost of ownership mm-hmm. that really the supply chain challenges have, have brought to light. I think there'll be industries that are more adept or apt to look at that and some industries that might still resist it um, and take time to get there. We've been hearing about it for 15, 20 years and now it seems like sustainability is finally here as a thing. It's not just a buzzword. It's not just a, you know, people are living the lifestyle. Businesses have to uh, to work within the rules of, of being more sustainable. It, it's going global. So I guess, how is that going to play out in creating a better supply chain? And and how are the regulations and the different pressures going to, to have an impact on creating a, a better supply chain? Yeah, no, it's a great topic. And you're absolutely right. I, I say we've been talking a lot. Let's now start doing something about it. And I think the, again, you know, to harp on, on what I said to start with is it's a data problem. Uh, there's a lot of great ideas. There's a lot of great products out there. There's, there's starting to become a lot of regulations around this topic. And the complexity is, is as you have the complexity of the supply chain, which we've been talking about, now you have to layer on the complexity of sustainability. And sustainability, it has really been looked at as a project-based uh, issue before. And I really don't think that's the right way to look at it. This is an ongoing muscle that the company or products have to continually exercise. And what I mean by that is as you're moving product through the supply chain, you have to know if it is still going to be in accordance with the regulations that are vastly different around the world and where you can resource that type of materials or product. And so again, to me, it's the same data that you need to move your product around and be more efficient in your supply chain, whether that's sourcing supply, making sure it's the right product, cubing uh, trucks or other uh, methods route. You've got to layer on now another lens, which is this lens that says, hey, it's good or bad in this area and it's, it's not going to work in that area. And the only way you can attack that problem is getting your data structured correctly. There's no way you can layer on enough humans and consultants to figure this out. And then to your point, what's going to make the backstop happen that hasn't happened for 15 years is a tremendous amount of regulations that are coming uh, in front of us that, as Gartner said, uh, that has not been, um, companies will not meet their obligations uh, and you can't just keep pushing that bar down the road. So I think, again, it's it's the same data uh, at the same time, giving you visibility. I guess if you could just explain how a company can bridge this gap beyond, like you said, you know, people are using PDFs, people are using like, like what, what tools are out there for, for people to be able to do this? So the way I, I look at things from, uh, you know, our 
our position in, in the market we've created, which is spec management. Uh, I really look at us as an open API. So we integrate with a lot of other solutions that further uh, answer questions. And so it could be an LCA tool that you can put your same data set through. So if you think about just uh, taking it back down to a simplistic box, a brown box, and you want to know everything that's in that box, how it's made, uh, how it obviously is used. And then what you want to do is layer on top of that, you know, what does it mean from an LCA perspective? That doesn't, doesn't have to be a one-time event. Why doesn't that continually live and just come back to the dashboard? If you want to cube or utilize a, a, a truck or a freight a correctly, integrate with one of the, the CAPE solutions. And so I really think the idea is what I call a tech stack, getting your tech stack right, dropping the silos, getting all the data in a formulated way. I happen to be a very organized person, so that's how the brain thinks. And then plug in these things that further elongate, not the data, making the data different, but making the outcomes and the visibility of the outcomes better. And so you end up looking more like air traffic control sitting at your desktop than you do running around uh, and trying to gather this data. And so there's a very structured way to go about it. There's a way to kind of grow into it. And there's a way over time to really go from kind of just fixing the problem to being proactive uh, to these both these issues, supply chain and sustainability. But you, you asked a good question earlier. Um, you can't ignore it. You can't just pretend it'll go away. Uh, there is no other uh, answer to the problem in technology. And, and I look at the, and we talked about a few minutes ago, think about the life you live on your iPhone or your Android and how you function. You know, how do you find restaurants? How do you set reservations up? How do you do travel? You're notified about things going on in your life. And, and just look at that on the other hand, if you had your B2B business phone with that same type of app, that's the goal that we have to all have collectively. And it's, it takes multiple companies and partners to bring that together. And that's why we're so involved in academia and other programs that we really are there to try to educate and engage with, with other companies to make this uh, make this work. It's a big challenge in front of all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you kind of touched on what I was thinking of is getting myself and my company on board is one thing, but how do I ensure that the other pieces that I am working with on the supply chain are also on board, you know, using the app, you know, the app for lack of a better word that we're talking about on a B2B, you know, fictional phone. It was great. We have a summit, which we hold in January in Nashville. And we had, you know, over 300 people there and hundred companies and they've, they range from every type of vertical you can imagine. And it was interesting. They had two companies in there. One was in the pet care industry and one was in the uh, CPG industry. And they both were looking and going, there's more, there's more things in common than different. Uh, and we need to be able to share data back and forth. And so that, to your earlier point, that, that wall of resistance is dropping. Companies understand to really attack these supply chain issues, sustainability initiatives and regulations. You got to have a uh, data sharing apps, much like we envision in, in our personal life. Awesome. That, 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 makes complete sense to me and i and i understand though on your end the the immense undertaking it's going to be to to get everybody on board with this but i, I thank you for taking time out of your day today matthew to, to kind of come on here and give us you know 15 minutes of just sort of an overview of just how important this data is and and what we need to do as an industry to kind of bridge that data gap so thanks again matthew for coming on no thanks for having me listen it's a journey and, and it's all about educating and, and working together so i appreciate the opportunity Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.